Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. When you watch American-style professional football, do you ever feel like you're in law school listening to some of the penalty calls? After review, it is a fumble. There was also an illegal forward pass at the 37-yard line. That's a reviewable aspect of the play. One way to get away from all that legalistic corporate hair-splitting of the NFL while retaining the original rough-and-tumble glory of football is to just head out into the streets. All my teammates, man, come from the streets, man. Not the same for You could be here today and then gone tomorrow. So I play every game like it's my last game because I consider that it could be my last game. Those are street football players. For 35 years, street football has been an institution in the pockets of New York and other cities where college recruiters rarely set foot. The new multi-part documentary series Kings of the Underground, just out from Vice Sports, looks at the world of street football. Isaac Solodorov is the director and producer of the series, and Paul Rivera, a.k.a. Coach Pams, is a street football veteran and the coach of the Carver Mob. No heavy equipment and no tackling, but this, they explain, is not the Cinderella League. We say it's a two-hand touch league, but in all actuality, it's really rough touch. You can get damn near tackled without equipment, but uh, it's, it gets it gets real out there. It's more shoved than touch. Yeah. 100-yard fields? The tournament we played in was an 80-yard field with the end zones, but uh, there's a couple of leagues that's 100 yards that we in. The field is unusually wide, so there's just much more room for guys to maneuver and it's seven on seven. It's not 11 like the NFL in college. That's why two-hand touch is a little hard when there's that much room. Where did this game start? It started in the 60s, the street football. I came along in the early 90s, and we've just been playing ever since. And how much of this comes from find a space, play a game? Basically, you know, you, you, you do what you can do on the street. Well... Growing up, that's how it used to be. Find a place, find a space, and let's play. But now every league got their own fields. I run a league. I got my own field in, in Upper Manhattan and Harlem. Other leagues is in City Island, Coney Island. This is just spread it out. What was the story as you saw it uh, when you observed this subculture? And Vice is all about portraying subcultures Absolutely. that don't get a lot of attention. Uh, I don't know if, if your listeners are familiar with Rucker Park. It's the, 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 the birthplace of New York City street basketball. And what I say is walking into one of these street football games is like strolling into Rucker Park 40 years ago before the commercialization. I mean, this is a game that comes from the communities where these guys are from. It is as grassroots as can be. And it's just this beautiful expression of bare-knuckle competition, um, there is a fair amount of profanity, but there is just this wonderful spirit of guys going up against each other week in and week out and then giving each other big handshakes and hugs after the game and then battling the following weekend with just incredible intensity. Who are the players? Can anyone play? Over the years, it was just us that grew up from the neighborhood and then we just adjusted with the time. But you got up-and-comers. You mm-hmm. got young kids now who are trying to... Now, now, I'm sitting next to a legend uh, and the coach of the best, uh, historically the best New York City street football team. But there are plenty of teams gunning to take these guys down. 
So you've got a lot of young Turks coming into the league and trying to battle against Carver and test their mettle against Carver. So it's, there, there is constantly fresh blood being introduced into the sport. What position did you play? When I played, I was like a tight end, blocker for Chuck. And uh, what was the name of your team? Carver Mob. Carver Mob. Yes, Carver Mob. Named for? Okay, uh, we all was raised in uh, East Harlem, the El Barrio. Our projects where we all from is George Washington Carver Houses. So we used Carver. And then, you know, growing up when we was younger, the older guys said Carver Mob. And, you know, it just stuck. Football uh, stuck. It's a good name. <laughs> it's a little violent, but it's a good name. A little violent. <laughs> Well, I mean, is it more violent than uh, the NFL? Is it uh, more unstructured than the NFL? Well, all the leagues that we participate in is really structured. It's violent on the field. Yeah, we get into it. Fights happen, pushing, shoving. But at the end of the game, we're all hugging and drinking together and waiting for next week to do the same thing. Can women play? Oh, not not in our league. But I would would say that... Especially with Carver, there is a real family element. These guys have been playing together for 25 years. And so now they have kids who, are, who, are, who have grown up watching Carver play, and they are now coming into the league. And you've got the Carver wives <laughs> who yes. come out and root. They are the most um, passionate supporters of, of Carver. And other teams have a similar family dynamic as well. Is there money in this game? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prize Absolutely. money? How does Prize it work? Money. For the tournament, every team, if it's eight teams, everybody in the team got to put up $1,000, and it's a winner-take-all. So we had eight teams, which was 8000 and then... Our sponsors. Sponsors. Def Jam. Def Jam. They gave another 8000 winner-take-all. And at the end of the two-day tournament, October 24th and 25th, winner-take-all the next day. So your $1,000 could make fifteen in all actuality, in two days. So, watching this, um, did you think you could play? Did I think I could Did you play? want to get out there on the field? Uh, the answer is no. Uh, I am, I, but it's fun. I mean, it, it looks is, like it, fun. It is, it is so fun to watch. Um, again, this, there is so much extraordinary talent uh, that no one has seen before. I, I think Nick Saban and Urban Meyer, you know, two top college yeah, coaches, sure. would uh, do themselves well by um, coming and watching some of these games, sending some scouts to watch, because there is so much talent on these fields. But kids from New York aren't recruited for these top college programs. And I, I think that uh, it would be of great benefit to these uh, top college programs if they took some interest in what these guys are doing. And what's extraordinary is that I grew up in New York City. I grew up playing basketball in New York. This has been going on for 40 years. I had no idea. And I feel like so many New Yorkers, this has all been happening under our noses. There's this extraordinary sport that has been gro- that's grown from the streets that we know nothing about. And hopefully with this series, we can start giving it some exposure. Coach, Isaac, thanks so much. Thank thanks you, John. Appreciate it. Isaac Solodorov is director and producer of Kings of the Underground, which is now available on Vice Sports. And Paul Rivera, a.k.a. Coach Pams, is a street football veteran and the coach of the Carver Mob.